morning. Uh, my name is Paul Johnson. I'm visiting with you this morning from Alberta. Uh, I work for our convention, the CNBC, that you're part of, and uh, serve in the area of church strengthening. So I relate to many of your leaders in areas like small groups and uh, disciple-making, uh, pastoring, preaching. Uh, actually, I work in the area of uh, pastor search which I think is really appropriate for your church uh, uh, these days. Uh, so, really glad to be here. I uh, not only work for our convention, but I volunteer in a Chinese church in Calgary, Mandarin-speaking Chinese church, and so this is very familiar to me. Sometimes in the church I'm in, uh, in the group I work with, Roots, uh, I might be the only non-Chinese. And I don't notice it. I don't think they notice it uh, for 13 years, I pastored in our church. Our church is now about, uh, I think we're 15 years old, and uh, about 300 people uh, attend it. Um, most of them in the adult congregation. I work as about 60 to 70 in Roots, the English congregation. So I'm very familiar with this, except we're in a, a, a small room or a large classroom. And uh, so it's very immediate. You're far away compared to what I'm used to. Actually, one time I was preaching and uh, I reached out to do something, like to make a gesture, and Jean, who was sitting on the front row, uh, reached her hand out and touched my, 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 my finger. So that's how immediate we are, and uh, sometimes we interact together. We had a boy who uh, came with uh, Asperger syndrome, an autistic uh, syndrome, so he had no hesitancy responding to me, not like the black churches where, you know, where you say amen or hallelujah. One time he said, um, uh, Allah is great. And I had to say, no, he's not great. <laughs> and that's not appropriate in our service. But uh, uh, I'm glad to be here, but actually I love to be with my church. Most of them have come to Christ, have come from China as immigrants or international students or visiting scholars and have come to Christ right in our uh uh, worship and in our interactions. So it, it adds great meaning to my life. Uh, there's a study sheet in your bulletin if you're interested in doing that. I do this in my church uh, and use a PowerPoint to follow it. Uh, I don't feel obligated to do that, but uh, uh, sometimes the quote, you hear a quote or something, you say, I like that quote, it is helpful for that. Uh, I'm most well known for... Um, this diagram, I say, think Audi, the four rings of an Audi logo, and uh, helpful for you to see how people grow spiritually, uh, the stages of growth from uh, curious to believer, and then a disciple, uh, and then a disciple maker, which is what Jesus told us we ought to be. I'm not going to talk about that this morning, but if this is of interest to you, uh, there's an app, it's called Disciple Maker Stages. And uh, you can download that on any platform and uh, look on it. Or just talk to me after, and I'd be glad to acquaint you with that. I've trained uh, your people uh, last year, I think it was, Lydia, uh, a couple of times. So, uh, very interested to help. But mainly, if I were to, uh, to put my sermon in context of this this morning, we're going to talk about uh, disciple and what it is especially. I want to answer the question, how do you get passionate? How do you get passionate about Jesus. Now, some of you know Caesar Para. Caesar was going to try and be here, but I don't see him. Uh, but uh, if you know Caesar Para, he spoke here, I think, in June, right? And uh, many of you, if you've gone to SYCBC, uh, he was your speaker for some years. Uh, if I were to use one term for Caesar, I would call him 
passionate. And I'm going to return to that in a moment because uh, uh, Caesar, among other things, he's my friend and my colleague, but Caesar is now my boxing instructor. You probably don't know that, that he's a, he's a boxing instructor, but uh, he's a pretty awesome, uh, scary boxing instructor. He weighs 50 pounds, more, 20, 22 kilo more than I do, and in boxing, uh, weight is power, right? So I'm very, very respectful of him. So I'm going to talk about passion, but I, I really want to answer a question we all should have. How do you get passionate for Jesus? How do you get passionate spiritually? Not blah, but passionate. We're going to look at a, a scripture that Jesus has uh, given us, uh, describing himself as, uh, we're going to call him a spiritual fitness instructor. But first, this quote is really good from Andy Stanley. You have it and you can read it. He says, we all need coaches in our life if we're going to accomplish something for God. Uh, I'm trying to learn how to... Um, I'm trying to learn how to draw, and this is my sketchbook. Now, that, that's really an audacious thing to call it a sketchbook because I'm at the elementary level. Uh, I haven't drawn since elementary school when they said, you know, color within the lines. That's really all I know, and I've always been intimidated. Actually, it's a miracle to me that somebody can take a white sheet of paper and a pen or pencil and end up with a portrait or something. I just say, wow, how do you do that? So I thought, I'm going to try to do that. So if you were to go through this, you'd laugh, but you'd also say, well, he's trying to learn perspective and, you know, shading and the like. Well, uh, earlier this week, I was with some root students, uh, Lucy in particular. She lives here. She goes to school in, in Calgary. She's an art student. So she had a look at my sketchbook. And Lucy said, Paul, you don't know the first thing about art. Now, she can say that to me. We're close friends uh, and uh, we relate well together. And so... Uh, she, she said, you don't even know what eye level is in art, do you? I said, well, I think I do. She said, where's eye level? Oh, it's right there. Then we looked up at a building. We're at uh, New Westminster Key. She looked up at a building. She says, now where is eye level? So I said, well, I think it's up there. She said, no, it's right there. <laughs> so she had to train me in the very basics. You know what I'm illustrating? What Andy Stanley says, no, what, no matter what you're trying to do, you need a coach. You need an instructor. And in the spiritual life, we have to say to Jesus, I need you and those you bring into my life. I need you as a spiritual instructor. So if you're going to be passionate for God, if you're going to train to be, have an impact and see lives change. Uh, I'm just setting this up as Andy Stanley says. You need a coach in your life and we're going to talk about Jesus being your coach. Here's a scripture. It comes from Matthew chapter 11. And uh, perhaps we can read it together. I think you can see it well. Uh, it's a very well-known uh, scripture. I'm, I'm quoting from uh, using the New Living Translation. And uh, let's say it together and, and get the impact of what Jesus is saying, inviting us to do and be. Uh, read with me. Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. You know, we practice at Roots, and then we do it for real. Can we do it for real? I want to hear you. Can I hear passion as we read these scriptures? Let's say it together. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Found in Matthew chapter 11. This is the Word of God to VCBC this morning. And we're going to ask God to put it in our hearts 
and apply it to us in our lives. Uh, here's, here's our structure. We'll go through it quickly. And uh, I want you, to, by the end of it, to say, I, I plan to be passionate for Jesus. And He is going to be my trainer. One trainer, three invitations, two promises. What is this Jesus like uh, that we are going to invite to be our trainer? If we were to read all of Matthew chapter 11, we haven't time this morning, but you'll find first that John sends his disciples to talk to Jesus because John is in prison. And John says, are you the one to come? Are you the Messiah? Or is there going to be someone else? So even John, who was his PR man, really didn't get it and didn't have the passion for Jesus. He had lots of doubts, and so Jesus had to help him. And then Jesus talked about the, the cities that he had been in. Uh, Capernaum was one. Uh, Bethsaida was one. And he said, I came and you dissed me. You rejected me. You had other things. You, I was the Messiah, and I'm here to bring you to God, and you're not interested, which is true of many people, and actually, which is true of Canada. In B.C. in particular, they say in B.C., something like over 40% list as their religion, what? No religion. No religion. And so, Jesus who comes and invites us, for many people, they say, I, I have better things to do. He doesn't get discouraged, amazingly enough. Because he prays, and in that prayer, he prays asking God, uh, thanking God the Father first, and then saying, God, you have revealed yourself to uh, the teachable ones. Actually, he uses the word infant. And they're the ones that come. God is going to work with anyone. Jesus is going to train anyone. And often the ones he picks are the ones that we would not believe he could. You know the Jane that reached her finger out and touched me when I was preaching? sitting on the front row. You know, Baptists don't sit on the front row. She's sitting in the front row. You know, when I first began to interact with Jane, well, I'll just start the story. I was sending key verses to people and quotes and the like, and Jane had come to Roots twice and then left. She wasn't interested at all, but somehow I signed her up and every morning I was sending her a key verse and helping her to grow, but she wasn't even a Christian. And one Monday morning, as I sent it to her, and I had, a, a, I don't know, 50 people I was sending it to, I, I, had, I had a thought, you need to text Jane. Well, I don't want to text Jane. It's 6.30 in the morning, i got a lot of things to do, but I have the, the, the thought again, deep within my spirit, you need to text Jane, who hadn't come to Roots for four months. And so I texted Jane. It's right after Easter on a Monday morning. And I said, Jane, uh, I haven't seen you. I missed you. I wonder how you're doing. I go to the university on Friday afternoons. If, you know, I'll, I'll meet you at Mac Hall or something. But just checking in, just seeing how you're, how you're doing. I had a phone call about ten minutes later from her mom. Danying. Danying said, Paul, Jane got your text. She's in Foothills Hospital. She tried to commit suicide last night. And when she read your text, she handed the phone to me and she said, somebody loves me. Can you help us? You know, I went to their home that night. She was discharged. Listened to her. I just cried. I just cried at the at the struggles in her life, the damage done to this beautiful young woman, college student. And at some point she said, why are you crying? I said, it must be the Spirit of Jesus in me who loves you. 
Because she said, you don't even know me. And then she said, you know, Paul, everything you say and believe about Jesus, I'm the total opposite. That's the Jane that sits there and touches my hand. That's the Jane that helped her boyfriend come to Christ. And they got married and they have a baby and they're growing in the Lord. That's the, that's the infant, the teachable spirit. We call them fat people, right? Don't take it sensibly. Faithful, available teachable people. God will use those people. You know, I'll, I'll just tell of one other. Ryan, when I baptized Ryan, we sort of had a, a, a private ceremony because we were going to Athens on our project and Ryan was going and it was a week before and Ryan said, i, I got to get baptized. So we rented a church and I paid the money and we had about 12 of us and Ryan gave his testimony. His sister sat there the first time I met her. She just cried. She said, I could never ever believe Ryan would become a Christian. I prayed for him, but I always struggled with faith. And now look at him. He's being baptized. He has a church. He's even going to Athens on mission to work with refugees. You know, God is interested in anyone, but He'll work with the fat ones, right? Faithful, available, teachable, the infants. And so Jesus says, Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Others diss me. Others reject me. I'll take the ones that say yes. And then he makes this wonderful invitation. It's interesting. He, he, he could be our king, and he is. And he could be our boss and all these other things. But he says, I will be your trainer. I will be the one that trains you. We could say he's a, a player coach, like I think Wayne Gretzky was after he, he was in his prime. And those are the best ones because they know how to play it. And they instruct you, but they play alongside of you and do that. And uh, he will make us passionate. I think that's the invitation. Get close to Jesus and you'll find the passion in your life that you're going to need if you're going to make a difference or we can put it this way. If you're going to walk into heaven with a crowd of people high-fiving and shouting, praise Jesus, look at what you've done through my life, Jesus. That's what we want and that's what we're talking about here. What's he like? He's gentle and humble. Those two words. Gentle is an interesting word. You know, we, 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 we would generally think it means wimpy. It doesn't. I'm from Calgary uh, area anyway. Think, think uh, Calgary Stampede Rodeo, which is going on right now. Have any of you gone to it? Have any of you ridden in the rodeo like a bucking bronco? Nobody has. You know, you're only on that horse for eight seconds. Eight seconds. And at the end of the eight seconds, the horn uh, blasts and another horse comes into the arena, and that horse is, has the same power and passion as the bucking bronze, but it's under control. And the rider, once he's finished his ride, will jump over onto, I call it a cutting horse. Uh, they use that on the ranches. I, uh, uh, maybe that's the right term. But anyway, you have two horses, same size, same passion, but one's under control. And Jesus says, that's me. I'm gentle. Gentle is controlled passion. You can't make Jesus mad. You can make me mad. You can make you, you mad, perhaps. You can't make Jesus mad. You can arrest Him and beat Him and blindfold Him and pull out His beard and whip Him to within an inch of His life and then nail Him on a cross and spit in His face and show contempt against Him. You can't make Him mad. Just love comes out. You can't make Him lust. You can put Him around broken women prostitutes that will wash his feet uh, with their tears and, and dry his feet with their hair. And you can't make Jesus lust. Just love comes out. 
And in the Sermon on the Mount, as Jesus lists the various areas, you know, you read the Sermon on the Mount and you say, I am so discouraged. It is so overwhelming. This is who I'm supposed to be. I will never be like that. No, Jesus says, this is where we're going. I'll be your trainer. And I'll take anger out of you, which is the primary emotion of man. Did you know that? Promise Keeper said, anger is the primary emotion of men. Do you know what the primary emotion of women is? I think it's ghost shopping, but uh, it, it, it may be anger too. We don't know. Uh, it, anger just gets hold of our life. And Jesus says, I'm going to teach you to have a calm, gentle spirit. I'm going to train you. I'm going to work in your life so that you, you're passionate and passionate for the kingdom and passionate for people and God can use you uh, for His glory. Interesting statement by um, C.S. Lewis. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. Humble pie. But thinking of yourself less. I read your bulletin and um, it it called me Reverend Paul Johnson. I was really really respectful of you. Nobody calls me that in my church. Uh, Actually, for, for the high schoolers, I'm four times as old. And uh, for many of them, I have three times as old. And some of them call me Dad. And uh, Susan Wong, uh, an accountant, calls me yeah, yeah, uh, father, or grandfather, pardon me. So uh, I, I have all of the age and the education and the position that in a Chinese context should make me unapproachable. Like way up there. But I, I decided when I started at Roots, I would be Paul. And so Maggie, who's in grade eight, She'll come into our group and be, you know, she's usually late, but she'll find me before she sits down. She wants to give me a hug. And you know who I am? I'm Paul. I'm, I'm just illustrating. Jesus is totally approachable. Children can come to Him and climb over Him. Uh, John can put his head on Jesus' chest at the Last Supper like we had and ask Him a question. Uh, a woman can reach through a crowd and get healed by touching Him. He's totally available. He's totally touchable. And Jesus is saying, I'm the one that will train you and you can come to me. You can call me by name and I know you and I will give you time. I will do compassionate listening with you. I will help you be the person God wants you to be and you've always dreamt to be, but I need to be your trainer. I need to be your trainer. He's humble and he's he's gentle. I really wanted to leave this blank as a blank and somehow when I, I made the, the the handout, I didn't do that because I wanted you to guess what went in that word. Dallas Willard saying, <clears throat> what word would you use for Jesus? And uh, I would have said compassionate. I think it's a great description of Jesus. He was always compassionate. But Dallas Willard, this brilliant philosopher, Christian uh, statesman, uh, uh, wonderful author, he said, relax. Would that describe your life? I mean, let me answer first for me. No, it wouldn't describe my life. My life is ADD and I'm often stressed and what am I going to do and what am I going to preach and how do I handle things in, in roots and in my work? And, but, you know, Dallas Willard said Jesus was relaxed. Wouldn't you like to have a trainer that's got it so all together They just say, I know what to do. I know how to handle this. I know all the pressures of your life. And I can make you the person you want to be. That's what Jesus is saying. I am gentle. I'm humble in spirit. 
So three invitations. Let's have a look at those. And um, first one, well, all three of them. Come to me. Uh, take my yoke on you, as we read, and learn from me. And that learn from me, that word is actually disciple. Uh, <clears throat> be my disciple. Let me disciple you. So let's unwrap that and see what that looks like. As Jesus says, I, I will help you. And you'll be a trainer for others. <clears throat> Question. What three skills do you need to play basketball? Is a really easy answer, right? Dribbling, passing, shooting, right? Okay, that's the easy one. Uh, how about uh, cricket? You know, down in Stanley Park. I have bowling. I, I have no idea. Actually, I've gone down there and I have no idea. I've watched them and I say, you know, it's the passion of India. But to me, it's just, you know, I, I, I don't know the first thing about it. And and worse, play oboe, you know, which end do you start with and all the rest in that. So you need a, a, a trainer in order to get the skills in, and get in the game, not oboe game, but, or otherwise you're going to end up being a spectator. And sadly, many Christians end up being spectators in the kingdom of God. They don't get into the adventure of life. They don't, they don't realize the, the passionate adventure God has as they learn in, uh, on those uh, rings to be a disciple maker and invest in others, helping them find God, follow Jesus, grow and uh, deepen in their faith and then join them to see people come to Christ and the, the kingdom of God enlarged. Here's Andy Stanley's quote again. We need a coach. Here's my coach. <clears throat> Can you tell which one is me in that picture? Uh, <clears throat> I'm the slim one and Caesar, I, I weigh about 175 pounds. And Caesar says he weighs about 230 or something like that. And so <clears throat> when we spar, well, let me, let me set it up this way. This is November of last year. I, Caesar's my colleague now, colleague now in, in our convention. <clears throat> and Caesar said, why don't you learn to box? I had no interest in boxing. Actually, I thought boxers are sort of addled in the brain, right? Or if they're not, when they get into it, <clears throat> by the time they, they box a bit, they end up being that way. Cause you know, punch, what is it called? Punch crazy or punch something. Punch drunk. Punch drunk. Well, Caesar said, come on. So we did at the rec center in Cochrane in our town. And this is the first day that I did boxing. First day. I, you know, he had to teach me very, very basic things. Here's the four things. This is Caesar's system. And, and, and I, I give you discipline there and I want you to figure out what the last blank is. I'll give you that in a minute. But Caesar says, Paul, I don't need your input. I don't need your advice. I don't need your suggestions or even your questions. Paul, obey me. This is how you stand. This is how you do it. Keep your hands up. If you drop your hands, I will hit you and hurt you bad. He will. Keep your hands. This is a jab. It's not like this. Your wrist has to be flat. This is a hook. Paul, just listen to me. Just listen to me. You know how to become a boxer? Obedience? I, I knew nothing of this. Actually, I didn't even know how to stand. I'm left-handed. Okay, put your right foot forward. Always like this. Don't stand like this. I'll hit you in the face. You'll fall right back. So, he's teaching me and I just have to obey. And then he says, Paul, you're going to practice that, which is the discipline, and you practice it you know, sometimes we practice on a bag, on a speed bag, and we just, he just says, okay, for two minutes, jab, jab, 
jab, jab, jab, till your arm is falling off. Okay? Jab, jab. So he's teaching me, so he says it has to become instinctive, automatically. Do combinations. Jab, hook, jab, hook. So you can see obedience in in an area I'm totally ignorant of. This uh, discipline, habits. Do you know what the next blank is, the last blank? It's actually what I'm talking about, right? It's passion. Passion. And he says, once you begin to do this, you'll get passion in your life as a boxer. Actually, he says, Paul, if nothing else, I'm teaching you self-defense. So if you get into a situation and, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm 67. I've never been in a situation. But if you happen to be and, you know, somebody begins to accost you or <clears throat> wants your wallet or something, he says, Here's what you do. Jab to get the distance. Hook to knock him down and run. Jab, hook, and run. I said, Caesar, what if he's got a knife? Run. <laughs> Just run. So he, he's training me. <clears throat> I don't know. I, I doubt that'll ever happen. But you understand, he's getting me to the place. At some point, he said to me, Paul, you're a boxer. That's a great compliment. Like Jesus would say to you, you're a disciple. This is real to you. You're getting the discipline. You're getting the habits. There's passion happening. Well, I took my boxing gloves to uh, Roots. I think that's in December. And Shelly, you see her there. Uh, Shelly's one of our leaders. Shelly led our latest mission team to Athens. And we were working with refugees there. And Shelly led us. And uh, she just graduated from uh, in engineering, mechanical engineering. She needs a job. Could I talk to someone? And could she get a job? But anyway... She put my, my gloves on. She, all she knows is right goes in right, left goes in left. That's all she knows. See how she's standing? She's like this. She's totally wrong because she's left-handed. She's supposed to be like this. She knows nothing. She knows nothing. She began to come to training along with Grace and Lucy and Ryan and others. And so after two months, this is after two months of, what, what are the four words? Obedience, discipline, habit that gets to passion. Here she is. Let's see if we can get the sound for it. Oh, but I want to tell you, this uh, before they said it, this is at the end of a hard workout and we're all exhausted and now this is the last and Caesar is sparring with her. He's got pads and he's going to push her to the limit. Can we play it? Will it work? There's her second last punch. I don't know that you understood him. He said, give me 20. We think we're dead. And he says, give me 20. So you've got to hit him 20, you know, 20 jabs. And sometimes when we're done that and we're ready to, 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 
to just flop. He says, okay, another 20. Right? But he, 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 he is the instructor from heck. But he is a great guy to produce passion. There's obedience. And there's passion. I'm just, you know, I'm not here to solicit uh, uh, you to sign up for boxing. What I'm, what I'm here to illustrate is, if you get a trainer who teaches you obedience and discipline and habits, which is what Jesus is going to do, I promise you, you get passion. And sadly, in many, in many of our congregations, not many people get to that level of passion as a Christian. What is Jesus saying? Come to me. Let's look at these, these words and uh, see what that looks like. Come to me is his first in- invitation. I woke up this morning and uh, Instagram said to me, come to me. But maybe Facebook did to you or WeChat or WhatsApp or, or a relationship. You know, we have all sorts of voices that say, come to me. And Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. Many don't. Many won't. Jane will. Ryan will. Will I come? Will you come? Come to me and I will train you. I will make you the man, the woman that you ought to be. Come to me. So he, he's saying, um, the, the Spirit of Jesus, that last line should be, is the disciple maker. He's the one who will train you. He will work through people. You know, Ryan this morning, this boy whose sister said he will never come to Jesus. She prayed for him for years, but Jesus, he will never come to you. And he has. This morning I sent him five psalms. I read five psalms a day. Today is the ninth. So I read Psalm 9, Psalm 39, Psalm 69, Psalm 99, and Psalm 129. Do you get that? Tomorrow I'll read Psalm 10, Psalm 40, Psalm what? 70, 100, 130. I just add 30 to each one. And I read the Psalms through every day, because uh, every month. Because there are the, that's the prayer book of Jesus. And that helps me process life like Jesus did. And Jesus is all over and all through Psalms. And so I, Ryan heard this. I, I said it in a sermon or something. Ryan said, can I do that? This morning I sent him those five Psalms. You know, Ryan sometime today will say, I read Psalm 9 or I read Psalm 69. Or sometimes he said, I read them all. Because although I'm his, his instructor, he's being instructed by the Spirit of Jesus. And he's learning to get in the Word because he's come to Jesus. And he wants, you know, he, he talks to me all the time about his changing. Things that he used to do in his life before he's a Christian. He's stopping. He'll say, Paul, I need to ask forgiveness of this person. How do I do that if they don't even care? So, how do I get to my father who I haven't talked to for 10 years? So, he, he has come to Jesus and now he's starting to grow. And the Holy Spirit is his disciple maker. That's what you want. That's what you want for your life, but even better, that's what you want to be doing, cooperating with the Holy Spirit. Helping young Christians start to grow and come to Jesus. Jesus says, take my yoke. Of course, he's picturing you know, the oxen, the yoke of oxen. And uh, a man who had been a missionary in India, he's now in Surrey working with Indo-Canadians. He said, he's seen ox. You know, a strong one, a mature one, and a, a young one uh, hooked together. And this one is pulling the heavy load. And this one has hardly any load at all. But they are linked together. So, Jesus is saying, if you're going to be my trainer, 
You have to take my yoke. You have to get into my system. Uh, you know, Caesar has a system, and uh, I follow that. Actually, Caesar says, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we meet and we box at 7 in the morning. But he says, I want you practicing during, during those other days. I want you to shadow box. Stand in front of Mimir and practice. So, I've been on holidays for two weeks and I brought my dumbbells. And so, where I've been on the island and at my son's place, I stand like this and I go, hmm, you have to breathe. And then I do the hook. These are five, five pounds. I have eight pound ones too. I, if Caesar were here, he'd be so proud of me. Because you know what I'm doing? I have the yoke of boxing on me. I want to be a boxer. And I want to do it. And I want, I want Caesar to say, Paul, I'm proud of you. Like you want Jesus to say, I'm proud of you. You're serious. You're learning the system. You're getting the disciplines, and I can see the passion happening in you, and we're going to work together, and we're going to change your world one person at a time. Did you think this morning you'd, you'd come and learn about boxing? Had you, had you planned to do that? I'm just illustrating uh, that it, it's helpful as an analogy. This is what God's going to do in our life uh, together as we work together. And so Jesus is going to do... Um, the heavy, heavy um, pulling, that blank would be that. And then he says, let me disciple you. Let me apprentice you. Let me train you in the areas. And again, I always go to Sermon on the Mount. When I pray for my family, I pray through the Sermon on the Mount. And I ask God to make us happy because not in our possessions and our achievements, but happy in what we get from God and the Kingdom of God. Uh, be salt and light, love the Word of God, uh, control anger, stop contempt, uh, stop lust, fill my life with love and my family, uh, be generous, be a fast and pray, and forgive, and not live for money, but live for God, and not worry, make the Kingdom of God my first priority, and let everything else fit in. Uh, ask, seek, and knock. Take the narrow way. Uh, build a foundation. You know, the Sermon on the Mount is where Jesus is taking all of us. And so you will get deeply into the Sermon on the Mount uh, when, when you hear Jesus says, let me teach you. Let me teach you. Uh, when we were in Athens, we had uh, a man from Kansas, a good friend of mine, George Bojackley. He was our devo, well, we call him our spiritual um, instructor. And every morning we met for nearly an hour and he taught us bells. The acrostic bells is not here, but I'll just tell you, you can Google it. Uh, Michael Frost is a missiologist from, I think, Australia. Uh, actually, he's got a free book, a 42-page book, just on bells, how to live the intentional life. And B stands for bless, E stands for eat, L stands for listen to the Spirit, and this next L, S stands for send, but the second L stands for learn Jesus. And Michael Frost is helping people Helping regular Christians live a missionary, intentional life. And that L, he says, is get in the Gospels and stay in the Gospels for the rest of your life. And go Matthew to Mark and Luke and John and then back to Matthew and Mark. And so seven of us are doing that on WeChat. And this morning I sent John three, John 4, 1 to 8, 1 to 10, I think it was. 
and uh, Lucy, who just came back from an urban uh, ministry uh, month in Kansas City with crew. Lucy says, Paul, I'm doing bells every week. You don't have to do it, although I really encourage you and you can ask me about it or you can research it. But that L, learn Jesus. Learn, he's, he's our trainer. He's our model. He's the one that's gentle and uh, humble. He's the one that lived the life. And so you say, I want to be like you. I'm not, but I'm going to hang around you. Actually, I say, I want to be like Caesar without the weight. But I want to be like him and box like him. You know, he will box on a boxing bag and he'll go so fast, the rest of us just say, how does he do that? How does he do that? Get close to Jesus. Learn of him and he will help you. Two promises. Let's finish. Jesus says, uh, I will give you rest. And then he says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. That's quite a sobering statement by C.S. Lewis. All around us, people have said, I will live life without God. We say in China, at roots in China, you know, the truth is there is no God. And in Canada, we say God is irrelevant. You can go all through your life. You don't need God. Whether he exists or not, just forget about him. But C.S. Lewis says, if you live that way, you will, you will have an ever-increasing craving for an ever-diminishing pleasure. You'll get a bucket list and you've got to fill it up. And I've got to climb Squamish Chief or I've got to... Whatever it is, and you'll begin to push that and it won't satisfy. Because the only thing that will is Jesus and a relationship with Him and the Kingdom of God and passion for Him. And so... Uh, Jesus says, I will give you rest. Would that describe your life? I'm relaxed in Him. I'm obedient to Him. He and I are working together. He's changing my life. And I want that rest. And I don't want religion. I want the relationship that comes with Jesus' life. And uh, God's dream. Look at this quote by, by Dallas Willard. You have it there. Uh, just that one phrase. A unique life of Spiritual adventure. Are you aware that's what God has called us to? A unique life of spiritual adventure. Each of us. Not just the next pastor you have, but each of us. God has called us to a dream. And we say, God, I, I need you, to, Jesus, I need you to train me. I, I'll learn to be obedient. And I, I, I will learn the disciplines and it will become a habit to me in the Word, in prayer, in worship, in Bible study. And Jesus, through me, this passion will touch other lives. And we're going to see the kingdom grow as you work in my life. Jesus won't wear you out. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. I think that's because He's pulling it. You know, in my church, I've been praying for... Uh, a couple that, uh, well, they, they, they're going into relationships and I can see those relationships will pull them away from Jesus. So they're often on my mind and I often pray for them. And sometimes I'm driving and I'm praying and I get, I get really serious about it and I, I get emotional, I tear up and I'm saying, God, please help them. Please help them. What can I do? And then I feel the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus kick in. And He, he brings promises to me. And he, 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 he says, Paul, pray in hope. Don't give up. Keep doing what you're doing. Your responsibility is to pray for them and I will work in their life. Claim these promises that are in the Word of God because 
Jesus doesn't wear us out. He's our partner and He pulls the heavy load. This is His offer. Be passionate. Let Him be your spiritual instructor. Obey Him. Learn the discipline. You know, let me just stop here and say, all of what I've said, we can't do. I don't think we can do. In ourselves, for sure, we can't do. And if I were just saying, achieve more and try more, you know what? Jesus lived this life. This was Him. He was totally obedient to the Father. He said, I love to do what pleases Him, pleases the Father. Even to the point of death. And as He is dying, it was it His last word? Second last word. He took from Psalm 34, the prayer of a child in an Israelite family, in a Jewish family. He took that and He added a word. That prayer in Psalm 34 is, into your hands I commit my spirit. What word did He add? Into your hands I commit my spirit. But He added a word to that old, old, centuries old prayer. You know, like, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Let the little children pray. That's what a Jewish boy or girl would pray. He added a word. Father. He's in the dark. God has abandoned him. His friends have run away. His enemies are about to celebrate his death. And like a child, childlike spirit, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. He did what I can't do. He did what you can't do. He lived the life perfectly and he offers it to you as a gift. It's such a great thing. That's why we follow Him. Not because we're trying to be perfect and try to be religious, climb the ladder, get high enough to touch God and look down on everyone else. No, He came down the ladder and lived for us. And so He's the best trainer and the, and the passionate one and He will give you that as a gift if you open your life to Him. Let's pray together. Before I pray, maybe you just simply want to say to Jesus, Jesus, I hear your statement come to me. And I come to lots of things and lots of people. But Jesus, right now, I'm going to say, I come to you. Maybe that means for the first time in your life, you're saying, I've, I've stood as an outsider watching what's going on in people's lives, but I'm ready to come to Jesus, this one who died for me and rose again and will train my life, and I come to Him. But maybe you simply say, Jesus, I, I just have to tell you, there's not much passion in my life. And so, I, I come to You. I offer my life. You can train me. I will accept Your discipline. I want passion. Jesus, I want to make a difference. And I know You did it for me, and now do it in me. I want your life. This is our prayer, Lord Jesus. In your name, Amen.